Welcome to the World Game Podcast, uh, Russia 2018, episode number 8, coming all the way from Moscow every morning for you. Let me remind you that you can uh, download or stream this podcast from our website, sbs.com.au slash theworldgame. And you can, of course, subscribe to this podcast or maybe encourage your friends uh, to subscribe to this podcast to get it delivered directly to your devices straight before you even wake up. Craig Foster, Craig, what a day of football we had. So much emotion. I mean, this is why we love the World Cup. Oh, it's just really incredible. And this World Cup is one of the best in recent memory, uh, unquestionably. When you consider that uh, the world champions lost, which we only had in the opening game, you know, back in 2010. So that's a rarity. And now you've had Croatia beat Argentina 60 years since they had such a bad loss. Uh, and so long since they... Um, uh, have been in, in danger of not getting out of the group. And I, I think Argentina and Lionel Messi, the best player in the world, um, are likely at this point uh, to crash out because Iceland, the newcomers, have come in and done really well. Uh, there's just been so many amazing moments. And then, of course, we've had all the VAR and then you had the Spanish coach going. What an amazing first. How long is it? Eight days only. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> Uh, let's start debriefing uh, Australia, of course, one all against Denmark. Uh, a good performance for 60 minutes, just problematic for the first uh, for the first part of it. Yeah, the first part, and also I think probably the last 20 minutes is something that we need to discuss. But um, the, at the start of the game was just far too cautious, in as far as I'm concerned anyway. And Australia's been through all of this before, and we understand that particularly when we go behind in games historically, then Australia have to really go at an opponent. We give them huge trouble. The problem is we can't seem to decide that we're good enough to be able to go at teams from the start. So that's already now we've been twice down in games, yes, and Australia has had to come back and has done an excellent job of it. You know, against France was uh, with a handball and here was having to go at Denmark and start to create things. And once again, we, we got a penalty. So we're struggling to... Um, to score from open play, you know, it's lucky for us that we've got um, free kicks and penalties at the moment. Nevertheless, when we go at these teams, um, we look great. And I'm sure every Australian back home is thrilled and loves to see the Socceroos having a go. Uh, would you say they, they were playing a more aggressive football, something you've been advocating for quite a while now? Well, yes, but only because we went behind. After we went behind, you've got no choice all of a sudden Australia has to come out and then we start to play, we start to push people forward and the players um, are freed. You see you know, a lot of us are coaches back in Australia in, in youth development and so on with some of the best kids and I always say to them this is listen, just because you go down one nil and then you want to start playing, that's not brave that's got nothing to do with bravery bravery is a team coming out from the first whistle and playing exactly as we played when we were one nil down but what happened in the game is then the boys start to get confidence and now they get back in one one and now they're feeling great and all of a sudden now we can play that's fine but what we want to do is to be able to do that against every opponent from the first minute of the match uh, would you say that going forward Graham Arnold can change these things well, that I'm not sure about. Um, I'm not sure what Graham Arnold is going to do. You know, he's he has had various uh, ways of playing, various systems of playing. You know, when he was at Central Coast, is very different from Sydney FC, but Sydney FC has the most expensive squad in the A-League, or had. 
Uh, so I don't think anyone's really clear what it is that he's going to do. It seems to me at the moment that we've just, that a decision's been made just to bring in a coach who's, who can do what he wants. And, and I believe we can still get out of this group. Um, I just hope that we, that we try to do it in a certain way. Uh, and that Graham Arnold is, is the most decorated coach in recent years in Australia. And, and, um, and that's why he's been signed. Okay, let's listen from uh, the Danish point of view. With uh, Bjorne Goldbeck, uh, Bjorne is a former player. He played uh, for Denmark numerous times. Bjorne won all for uh, Australia against Denmark. What did you make of this whole match? I really expected more from Denmark, to be more dominant, to be more in control. 1-1 uh, is a result which is okay for Denmark, but they didn't play well. They didn't play well in the first game. They didn't play well today. They are lucky having four points after two games. What's the feeling back in Denmark? Well, we had some expectations before the World Cup. When we saw the draw with the, with the other teams, we thought this, this is very good for Denmark because we have the two teams we, we will fight against. This is Peru and this is Australia. And in the last game, we have France, and hopefully they win the first two games and they will maybe come with the second team. They will not be so hungry. You can maybe get another point if you need it. That's exactly the situation we got now. So we haven't played nice, but we should be happy where we are in, in, in the table right now. Uh, let's say Denmark doesn't win the World Cup. Where do, where do you think they can go? Well, it's very much how they're going to play in the next round. It will probably be Serbia or Argentina. Both teams will be very, very difficult, especially Argentina. I think it will be nearly uh, uh, impossible. But my two favorites, favorites for the World Cup, I think it's Brazil and it's France. France got a lot of, of individual quality. They just have to be a, a really team. Australia, what did you make of them today? Because they had a, they had a pretty slow start, but then they, they really gave it to, uh, to Denmark after that. I think they should have started that way, like they, like they ended the game. They should have gone in being more aggressive from the beginning. The first 25 minutes, Denmark dominated the game. Then they had this VAR situation that changed the game. Afterwards, it was, uh, it was very much Australia on the top with a lot of desire, with a lot of running capacity, a lot of uh, 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 willingness. And uh, I think they, they represented Australia in, in, a, in, a, in a good way. But I think after the game, they could have done even more. They could have played more risky. That spirit of 1992, is it still very much alive in, uh, in Denmark or not? It was a very special situation. I played some of the games in the, in the qualification and we were not qualified. It was Yugoslavia and because of the war in Yugoslavia, we went into the, into the 92 European in Sweden. And you have to get the players back from holiday. They were on the beach with a, with a beer. And, and uh, I, I just thought at that time, oh, hopefully you're not call me. And they didn't call me. But uh, I, I realized when they won the semi-final against France, I watched that in television. Then I knew, oh my God, I'm missing out of something very, very special here. And the first game after the European Cup, I was in the team again, but that was too late. <laughs> but uh, that spirit, is it still very much alive in Denmark? People still, I know in England, they keep talking about the spirit of 1966. Is there such like, as the spirit of 1992? Uh, no, not really, because that was something really, really special. It was only eight teams at the European at that time. Um, and, and even if we won and we had great performances there, it was not, maybe not the, the most talented Danish team we've seen. The teams we're really talking about in Denmark is the 86 team of Mexico and the 98 teams of France. That were the two teams really fascinating the, the, the Danish viewers. It proves that anything is possible. Thank you for your time. I know you're a bit in a hurry, but thank you. It's been lovely to uh, talking to you for the uh, World Game Podcast. Thanks for being part of it. 
we've just heard from Bjarne, uh, he's not happy with the performance of his team, clearly. No, he shouldn't be, because um, when Australia started to be more aggressive, even in the second half, though, even when we started to get, and they forced us back a little bit, um, they weren't able to get Ericsson into the game, and they need him. And we talked before the game about uh, how important Ericsson was. And a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but he's not the only player. Sure, he's not the only player, but he's the key player. And if the key player doesn't... Um, perform well the team cannot be on the same level it's not possible now yes we blocked those areas well and we put some pressure on the ball but actually he just failed to take control of the game like you expect a world-class player to do there was a lot of times he got the ball but he just wasn't able to make something happen whereas for instance Sisto on the left was the opposite right throughout the game Sisto was the one who came inside on his right foot started playing little passes went past people you know in his back third on the left side I think that was in the uh, first half you know he was doing a Cruyff turn and taking people on in he, you know in his back third playing like a fullback this is the winger so he was the one that really took the game as far as I'm concerned he embarrassed Ericsson because you know he might they may as well have swapped shirts Absolutely. Uh, let's move on uh, now from uh, the other match on this group, France against Peru. Uh, Fran France winning 1-0. I'm happy. Uh, from the World Cup point of view, Peru, uh, it's a bit of a sadder story. Uh, what did you make of that match and the performance of France, actually? France were much better and with Giroud in there, they were a totally different team. Um, so uh, Peru started the game sitting in the mid-third, as so many teams are doing here in the World Cup, including us. Uh, and France, it was a quite a balanced game, but France always looked as though they had dangerous. Every time they hit Giroud, he knocked it down for Griezmann to have a great shot. He knocked it down for Pogba to do something. Against us, when Giroud came on, Pogba also came into the game. Um, that's how the second goal occurred on the edge of the box, right? So I think he's an absolute um, certainty that he must play for France. So they looked as though they were going to do something. But then again at 1-0, uh, Peru never went down psychologically. They fought all the way. They played some outstanding football. And in the second half, they created a few chances. Not enough, but they certainly did what I would say is... Um, uh, they gave the best for their country to try and get back into that game. They crash out. In the first game, they should have beaten Denmark. So they crash out uh, as comfortably the best team... Uh, the best and yet unluckiest team alongside Morocco. Absolutely. Uh, so what's at stake now in this group uh, for Australia? We need France to win, absolutely. Uh, and then we need Australia to win. That's right. And then we need France, I haven't done the numbers, but we need France to win by a few. We need France to do well. Beat Denmark 3-0. Uh, uh, you know, or 2-0. And then we need to beat Peru, let's say 2-0. Something like that. I think we need um, something like a three-goal swing. Um, so we must win first. That's, that's point number one. We can do it. Peru are already out. Uh, it's not easy to play a third game at a World Cup if you already have, you know that there's nothing to play for, right? The disappointment is immense. The fans are crying. The players are crying. They, they're, they're people with a tremendous pride. I mean, I've really enjoyed watching them play and seeing them and seeing their passion for their nation, their, their flag, their shirt. Uh, so I do feel as though they'll come out and they, they want to show something to their nation. Nevertheless, when the game is hard and Australia's got a round of 16 on the line, you know, the motivation should be enough to, to make a difference. Absolutely. And then to conclude, of course, uh, Argentina against Croatia. First, before we start discussing this, let's listen to Lucy's reaction when Croatia, her beloved Croatia, won. Yes! Yes! Oh, 
Lucy is a happy girl tonight, I think, because what a display from Croatia. Yes, that was pretty exceptional. And uh, by the same token, it was uh, a really poor display from Argentina. First half was pretty balanced and they played really well, actually. But Croatia showed their strength on the counter-attack. Second half, once it went 1-0 and it was a bad mistake by the goalkeeper, the whole team just went down psychologically and, and Argentina capitulated and you don't expect to see that. That's why it hasn't happened for 60 years. So Sampaoli, Messi, all of them uh, will be under huge criticism and that's why I think in the final game it's very possible for them to go out because I don't know if they can pick themselves up after what the Argentine fans, people and press are going to give them in the next 48 hours. And there's one man that must be smiling tonight, is Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, yeah, that rivalry is is very intense. And uh, Ronaldo, I think while Messi, they're different personalities. While Messi just gets on, to, gets on with it and just wants to play football and be the best footballer he can, Ronaldo's just obsessed with being the best footballer in the world. And to do that, he's got to beat Messi and he wants to beat Messi down. So we're talking about Ronaldo. He's got four goals with four shots. I think that um, whilst he doesn't need any extra motivation, the fact that Messi's not doing well is only going to spur him on even more. So, uh, you know, Portugal can go a long way in this tournament with him in that mood and wanting to show the world that he can't carry his team, but I can carry mine. And last question, do you think Croatia is sending a, a message to the world with this, uh, with this goal? Yeah, Croatia have always had good teams of talent, but they haven't always had the mentality as a strong group to fight all the way, overcome adversity. Sometimes they have internal problems, and they had one the other day. Kalinic got sent home. He didn't want to come on in the game. It hasn't affected the, re the remainder of the group. Sometimes they beat themselves, you know, off the field in terms of the group dynamics. Um, this team doesn't look like it's going to happen. Adalic, the coach, seems to have good control, and, and the group is together because the talent is unquestionable. When you look at that midfield, Kovacic, uh, Modric, Rakitic, uh, it's just unbelievable. They've got Mandzukic who can score and has done it, you know, done it uh, for big clubs uh, in Champions League and so on, so he's a very good player to have. They've got plenty of speed. They've got uh, Lovren and others in defence who are very, very experienced. They're tough. They're big, they're physically strong, they're technically strong. And at the moment, and I think this obviously after a great start is going to continue, they're psychologically strong. So now they've got all of the four components uh, that some of those have let them down in the past. So much more football, so much more awesome football. Thank you, Craig, for your time. Thank you. Okay, we take a short break and then when we come back, we take a little look offside of the news with some stuff you want to know but never thought you could ask. Straight after this, don't go anywhere. Feel closer to the action with the 2018 FIFA World Cup app. With live matches and replays, highlights and multiple camera angles. It's into the net. Plus, keep up to date with the interactive match centre, statistics and all the latest news from Russia. It's not to be denied today. Experience the World Cup from every angle with a free 2018 FIFA World Cup app. Download now. And welcome back to the World Game Podcast. Uh, and uh, we decided we are going to go a bit offside with uh, Ricardo Setillon. And not Saito, uh, Ricardo Setillon. <laughs> it's Ricardo, yes. <laughs> so, Ricardo, a bit of the offside uh, look at this World Cup. Um, I think there's some, uh, some news that we might not all be aware of what's been going on offside of this World Cup. First of all, hi to everyone at SBS Podcast. I personally, coming to my ninth World Cup, I decided to float, to just enjoy and find the 
behind the news uh, information and notes and I'm bringing to you now this time for the podcast this kind of offside things that you don't have to be a crazy fan but you're gonna say wow something is wrong here come on bring it on bring it on yeah. I am I am so basically <laughs> we got fans here <laughs> it's all part of the fun so Ricardo offside news you've got some stuff on as I was saying I like to go into this kind of out of the of the normal news and you know for example when I in 2013 there was a confederations cup in Brazil and I was hired by FIFA to take care of the referees which was for the first time a job that I have to close door not open doors in, as a communications officer and referees like they are very strong in the pitch and in front of the crowd but when they are in the hotel they are really scary about the way they behave and there is an accusation on the referee of Portugal Morocco that he asked behind the scenes for the jersey of Cristiano Ronaldo so now there is a big accusation of Morocco saying that he was a bad referee because he asked for the jersey so that means which kind of referee is that that does such a thing FIFA is completely in shock because they don't know if it's true or if it's a lie Right now, there is a new meeting between all the referees of the World Cup. If any referee will be seen, heard or even suspected of asking any item of any national team, they are going to go home. That will be very interesting. The second thing I like to see is about the advertising. There was an amazing story just before the World Cup when Brazil was practicing just kind of two days before the first match and one of the top credit card sponsors which is not in the World Cup but it's big worldwide decided to give 10,000 meals for poor people in Brazil, Argentina and other South American countries for each goal that Neymar and Messi scores. Beautiful action but you know Then the coach of Brazil, who is known to be kind of a peaceful man, kind of a, a Zen person, said, you know what, I don't like that advertising because my team, it's, it's a together thing. It's a, it's a team. And I don't think Neymar scores score goals because he's good. He scores goals because there is a work team. So I think this credit card company should give meals for any goal of any player. You know what, it worked. And this credit card company decided, for the first time ever, because of a coach, to change the whole marketing system, the whole advertising, and now for, look at that, not for every goal of Messi and Neymar, they are going, for every goal of Argentina and Brazil, supply a million meals for all Latin American needy people. That's amazing. That's fantastic because it's football showing that it's not just a game, it's life. The other day here in Russia, one of the famous burger companies, an American company, I don't know if you heard about. I've heard about the woman, if there's a baby born from players. But that is the question. The, no, the news is everybody knows. Like, if you can prove, which I don't know how, that you got a baby from a World, World Cup player, that means you are going to have the sandwich, the top line sandwich for all your life, plus 47,000 US dollars. Wait, how can you prove you got a DNA or the player will come forward? I hardly believe. They took it off. But you must remember that they printed this advertising in the local Facebook. Because many of you guys back in Australia or all over the world don't know that Russians do not use Facebook. And they do not use Google. Yeah, so it was really targeted at us, exactly. the media. Exactly. And then you remember that just a week ago, a lady from the Duma, the parliament in Russia said, do not have babies with the foreigners. Just five days later, a man from the same parliament said, have baby with foreigners because it's necessary. So this is the advertising going on. And to end the whole thing, I must say that right now, my country, Brazil, is fully, fully, fully focused on Neymar. Will he wake up from his 
Cinderella sleep or not, but most important, I must say, everything changes with this news I'm gonna give you. He brought two hairdressers to Russia. He paid accommodation flights, one to take care of the color of the hair, the other one to take care of the cutting. So I think we are well established and without jokes now, Brazil came with suits of 120,000 reais, which is around $35,000 clothing for each player. This is a country that has 25% of unemployment. I think the World Cup moves everything and all these countries are coming with so much news around it that even accepting that Egypt is sleeping in Chechnya, which is out of Russia, no one will explain. But it's true. Out of Russia, there is one team, only Egypt, with Salah, that is sleeping far away. We're just starting. We're just starting, Christophe. Okay, I'm looking forward to talk to you every day on this podcast. Thank you, Ricardo. Cetillon. Cetillon and uh, all the blessings to Down Under. We, Australia and Brazil, are the only ones that plays in yellow and green. So we were going to do beautiful. Or Australia or Brazil, we'll get somewhere. If you could share a couple of stars with us, though, there'll be uh, stars on your jersey. <laughs> I think it would be welcome. All the best. Hi, bye. <laughs> All right, this is it for the podcast today. Uh, before we go, let me remind you, our website, sbs.com.au slash The World Game, uh, our Twitter, uh, where we are at The World Game. And until the next episode coming to you from Russia, it's bye for now. <laughs>